the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. One of the things that the Bible teaches us to do is keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. One of the reasons why, because it's by watching Jesus that we'll learn what we should be like and what we should act like. Jesus will give us a clear and complete understanding of how a child of God is supposed to live their lives. We'll learn how we Christians should and should not live this Christian life. It's through watching Jesus that we can learn all the things that matter to our Father so that we can represent Him properly like He wants all of us to do. That's why being images of Christ is what we are all told by God to do. And not only Christians, it's what we all should always do. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. We are not children of God. I said we are not children of God. And because we're children of God, that, that, that changed some things for us. Let's talk about it. Turn to John chapter 3, please. It's about to get good, real good today. John chapter 3, speaking in faith over there. John chapter 3. Hallelujah. John chapter 3. Come on, young preachers. You preach in season and out. And trust me, this ain't seasonal. John chapter 3. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 16. The Bible teaches us in John chapter 3, verse 16, letters in red so we know this is what Jesus said. And you know, he ain't ever lied. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice the motivation behind what God, why God did what he did, because he so loved the world, not just loved the world, so loved the world. God has a magnanimous love for me and you. Now, the world he's talking about is not the world that he told us don't, don't, don't love, but to hate. This is the world talking about that which he created and everything that's in it, in that he created God loves us. God loves his creation. And God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that word perish right there means to be perished fully. To perish fully. The reason why it says perish fully because perishing has already begun. The moment you were born again, you were born dying because perishing had already begun. Because sin had entered into the world and death thereby. And so it already came into this world. And so perishing had already started. But God gave us a solution. God gave us a bridge over the troubled water. God gave us what's necessary to become his sons and daughter. 
God gave us an opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ. Because if we believe in Jesus Christ, then we won't perish but have everlasting life. If we believe in the substitutionary work that he did for me and you up on the cross when he went and paid the price for me and you, God says that you should, should not perish but have everlasting life. The perishing can end and a life can begin. The perishing can begin and it can end and a life can begin. God wants us to be able to have the perishing to end and the life to begin. But that comes as a result of accepting Jesus Christ. Verse 17 says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, declare it not fit for use or habitation, but that the world through him might be saved. But that the world through him might be saved. That's what God came to do through Jesus Christ. He came to save me and you. Now the word save right there means deliver or protect. Deliver or protect, or because there's two different possibilities that exist to you and me. The first one is deliverance. That's where we end something we ain't supposed to be, and he comes and gets us out and sets us free. That's called deliverance. And that's what we was in. Man, we was up the creek without a paddle or a boat. Praise God. Are you listening to me up in here? We was in trouble. We was in a jacked up situation in which no man could be able to do nothing about until Jesus showed up. And when Jesus showed up, he delivered you and me. Praise God. Snatched us out of the slave market of sin and brought us in his family and made us his friend. He snatched us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light. And he did it in such a way as we didn't even have to put up a fight. Because he won the victory for me and you. He did it all for me and you. All we had to do was receive what he gave to me and you. He said in John chapter 1, verse 10, he said he came to his own, but his own received him not. One translation says, neither did they know him. But the next verse says, that's verse 11, excuse me, 10, it says he came into the world. Praise God. 11 is one, he says he he did that. Verse 12 says, to them that received him gave he power to become sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. I got anybody there that believed on that name. What's that name? Come on now. When we believed upon that name, we can receive the power to become sons of God. That word power is the word exousia. Praise God. Which is talking about the right, the privilege, and the authority to become sons of God. We became, we received the right to become sons of God. It's right to be a son of God. But you got to receive the right to be right as a son of God. But he gave us the right to become sons of God. He gave us the authority to become sons of God. We've been authorized to be sons of God. Because we got it from the authorized dealer. Are you listening to me up in here? And that's the one that created the thing. And that's God himself. But he also gave us the privilege to be sons of God. I said, we got privilege to be sons of God. You don't know it. You have a privilege to be a son of God that the world don't have. Because God separated you from the world, pulled you out from the world, made you different from the world in such a way where the world is supposed to look up to you and say, I want to be you. Not us look back at the world and say, we want to be like them. Because you're the one with the privilege. They don't have the privilege. You're the one with the authority. They don't have the authority. You're the one that's been made a son of God. They ain't a son of God. And because they ain't a son of God, then they're supposed to look at us and say, I want to be like you. We ain't supposed to look at them and say, I want to be like them. Because that's a loss of privilege. That is a reduction of lifestyle. That is a reduction of the spot that I was in. Once I start trying to be like and act like the world. I'm royalty. Why would I try to be like a peasant? Don't make no sense. But you see, saints do it every single day. 
was they relinquished their privilege and act like the one that God delivered them from. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, I forgot to tell you the second part. Don't turn. The second part of that I said is deliverance or protection. Deliverance is to get you out of something that, that you're already in. Protection is to make sure you, that you don't get back in. Protection is to deliver you something that you was already in. Protection is to make sure that you don't ever get in. And the neck in the first place. God didn't only deliver you. Everybody said, thank you, Lord. But God wants to protect you. So when he tells you don't love the world, he loved you so much to tell you that. Because he comes to deliver you, to protect you. So this ain't nothing that God is like, oh, God's trying to take something from me. Show is trying to take the opportunity for you jacking yourself up, getting toe up, getting messed up, ending up not going up and living the life that God has in store for you. Yeah, he's trying to take something from you. He's trying to take that raggedy life that you're trying to hold on to so that he can be able to give you a new powerful, worldly, a kingly, royal life like he want to. Yeah, he's trying to do something. The question is, will you let him? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 now. Hallelujah. God will say, you've received the privilege to become sons of God. We done got boned again. Ha. I like it. You don't like it. Second Corinthians chapter five. I like it enough for the both of us. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter five. We're going to look now at the results. Oh, but better yet, go to John chapter three. I want to show you something else before we get here. John chapter three. Now, we just read in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to to, to condemn the world, but that through him that the world might be saved. That's what we read already. He calls it saved here. But he also called it something else somewhere else. Let's look over in in, in John chapter 3, verse 1. Of course, that is a response to a question that was posed to him earlier by a guy by the name of Nicodemus, who was a leader of the Jews at that time, religious leader at that time, called a Pharisee. Let's read about it. John chapter three, verse one, it says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He's a ruler of the Jews, so he's, he's supposed to be leading them, guiding them in the way that God wants them to do. The same came to Jesus by night, so this is Nick at night, and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that comes from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Another way of phrasing it, brother, we see you in a class all by yourself. I call myself a religious leader, but I look at you, and I see you do something that not I nor other my boys didn't do. See, God has called us to be religious leaders. But God wants to raise us up to a class that's so obvious that we of God, that it causes everybody, question, everybody else to question, are they really of God? God wants to raise you up to a class that's so obvious that you of God, that it causes everybody else to question, are they really of God? Question whether what they know is right. Question whether or not they're doing what they do is right. Because they're looking at me and seeing how things work out for me and you. And they turn around and say, now see, that's what I'm talking about. I'm going to come and ask of you. Here we read, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, which means show enough, show enough. I ain't playing, I ain't lying, I ain't bluffing, I ain't fluffing. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God unless a man be born again. Ha. Now at this place, at this point, now further down the line, he calls it saved. Here he calls it born again. I like that. We are born again. I like that. I am born again. Say that with me. Say, I am born again. Praise God. Say it again. Oh, you don't know how beautiful that sounds. You don't know how beautiful that is. Because we are born now and we his. That word born right there of born again is means to procreate. Procreate. Properly, it means procreate of the father. Procreate of the father, which means I show you where this come from. Like, for instance, you get some, some, well, I remember when I was growing up, praise God, you used to, you know, there'd be, there'd be, there'd be nice little pottery, nice little things that you can, little knickknacks you put around your table and stuff like that and decorate your rooms. And then when we go in, praise God, my mother would take it and she'd turn it upside down and look and there'd be a little stamp on the bottom. It said made in China or made in wherever, praise God, Taiwan, made someplace, praise God. So she wanted to know where was this made before she purchased it, praise God. There's a stamp on you. That says made of the father. This is exciting. Because before you were created of the earth. But now you are procreated by the father. Procreated. Can I adjust that for a moment or two? You are created professionally by the father. You ain't no junk, baby. You was created by the father. That's talking about God himself. That ain't talking about your daddy. That's talking about the daddy. That's not talking about your, your papa. That's talking about the papa of all papas. This is Abba. Are you listening to me up in here? That's our father. I said, that's our father. I said, that's our father. We are born again. We've been created of the father. Praise God. Speaking of the craftsmanship. Figuratively, it means to regenerate. We've been regenerated by the Father. I like that. Because originally we were generated, but now we've been regenerated. Before originally we was generated. Hallelujah. But now we regenerated. Hallelujah. Re, can I break it in syllables? We've been regenerated. We've been regenerated. Which means that before you receive genes. Of your natural father. God said, but I gave you, I re-gene-arated you. And gave you the genes of the father. Which means through and through, there is now a new you. All the way down to the fiber of your being. There's now a new being as a result of you being born again. God didn't just come in in your life and make you a better you. God didn't just come into your life and make you a modified you. God didn't come in. Come on, can I talk? I'm at 11 o'clock. God didn't come into your life to trick out your hoopty life. Is anybody hearing me up in here? God ain't trying to pimp out your hoopty life, your little raggedy hoopy and put some new new rims on it. He didn't buff you up and clean you up as that same raggedy person you was before. He made you a new person than where you was before. Hallelujah. 
made you a brand new person. You've been regenerated. Now you got the genes of royalty. You are now the royalty. Living a peasant life. God didn't just want to change you to royalty and then put you back in that same raggedy peasant life. God wanted to change you and your life. Now turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Stay there. Because you was born again. That word again right there means from above. That word again right there means from above. I like that. From above. Ask me why I like it. Ask me, ask me, ask me. Because before you was down here. But you got brought up here and born. Which is talking about an elevated life. It's talking about an elevated you and an elevated life. When God came into your life, his goal is to not just change you, but change your life too. And elevate you and your life to a whole nother level. Elevate you and your life way outside of the reach of the devil. He wants to elevate you, take you to another level. Somebody say, take me. That's what God wants to do. God wants you to go to another level. God's church is supposed to be at another level. God's church is supposed to be at a level higher than everybody else. We don't need to come back down to the world. We've been, we've been born from above. You don't have to come back down to the world. We've been born from, from above by the God of love. We don't have to come back down to the world and live a worldly life. God say, I done raised you up. I'm about to make you my wife. Praise God. Turn over. That, 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 word, that word again also means anew. Anew. You've been born anew. Which means you ain't any longer the same you. Can I teach? When you prayed the prayer of salvation, the person who prayed the prayer of salvation was not the person that you were after you prayed the prayer of salvation. When you prayed the prayer of salvation, you was one person. After you prayed the prayer of salvation, you became another person. You became anew. There was a brand new you. Old folk used to do it this way. They said, I looked at my hands and my hands look new. I looked at my feet and they did too. <laughs> and, then they get, and then they get to tan it up, praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody scorned them and laugh at them, but they was on something. I ain't talking about like on something. I'm talking about later was on to something. Let me phrase it that way. Amen. They was on to something. Praise God. And that's that they became brand new when they prayed the prayer of salvation. And not just them, but you too. Now, the problem is, we still trying to live the old life as the new person. Now, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to get there eventually. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to bring it, baby. I'm going to bring it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm on assignment from the living God to break this off to you. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, what we're going to look at right here is the results of being born again. These are the results of being born again. But it also tells you some stuff that was supposed to happen when you got born again also. Some stuff happened. Some stuff supposed to happen. Come on, let's, let's take a look at it. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Is anybody here in Christ? Yes. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, 
who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. When you got born again, ha, God recreated you in the image and likeness and caused you to become brand new, reconciled you unto himself and gave you a ministry to reconcile the rest of the world to him too. Gave you a ministry to reconcile the rest of the world to him too. I'm coming back to that. Let's start with this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, the word new right there means new. (laughs) It does. It means new. But especially in freshness. New, especially in freshness. That goes back to my point again. That God didn't just come in to trick out your your old life and make it a, a, a buffed up life of what you had before. Just like he didn't come in to call, just buff you up and shine you up to be the same person that you was before, just a better version of it. No, God didn't make a better version of the old you. God didn't make you an upgrade and make you, you know, whoever you are too. You know, like you've been upgraded and stuff like that. No, see, no, no. God made a brand new you when you received them. Once, one, one translation says a species that never existed before. He said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The implication is not that same old stale one, but a brand new fresh one. Not the same old stale one. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you're seeing that one of the things that God wants all of us to do is to be imitators of him in all that we do. I hope that you're not only seeing that that's what he wants us to be and do, but that you're inspired to be and do what God wants us to be and do. That is, to become imitators of God like he wants everybody to be, including me and you. We should do everything we can do to learn how to and do what we learn to do to become more like the God who loves and who saved me and you. That's what I'm going to do. I hope you do the same thing too. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just go out there at the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. And don't forget, saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. There's no substitute for being in church, fellowshipping with other believers and worshiping God in the house of God. I believe every born-again believer should say what the psalmist said when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you can be in church on Sunday, then be in church on Sunday. You'll be blessed when you do, I guarantee you. And speaking of coming through, I invite all the saints in San Antonio and surrounding areas to an exciting, spirit-filled evening event that's being held at Word of Faith just for you. 
I invite all of you to join us on Sunday evening for our Christmas musical at Word of Faith, where we'll celebrate the birth of the Christ child in songs ministered by our anointed worship team. As Christmas approaches, it'll be good if we take our minds off the gifts that we need to buy and the ones that we hope other people will buy and put our minds on the gift that God already gave us. So we invite all of you to come on through as we set our focus for this Christmas season on that wonderful day when Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was born. It starts at 6 p.m. sharp, and it'll be followed with a wonderful reception in our fellowship hall. Neither I, VIP transportation services available for this too. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. Make a point to be there and join this wonderful celebration of the birth of our Savior. Oh, come let us adore him. He is Christ the Lord. It'll be good to see you and your family there. I look forward to seeing all of you this Sunday evening at 7 p.m. sharp at the Christmas Cantata at Word of Faith SA. And to all of you who've been a blessing to us by sending words of encouragement by letter or email to us, sharing with us that you're being blessed by the messages and that you're praying for us, I want to say to all of you, thank you. And to all of you who've been so kind to send financial offerings in support of our ministry, we want to say to all of you from the bottom of our heart, thank you. You've blessed us in ways that we never asked or expected you to do. But the Bible tells us that God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he so reap. So all of you have been such a tremendous blessing to us, writing words of encouragement to us, praying for us, and even sending financial support to us. We know that God's not going to be mocked concerning you. God's going to do for each and every one of you what he said in his word that he would do. That is, he's going to make sure you reap what you've sown. So we thank God in advance for all the blessings that we know are coming your way because of your being a blessing that you've been to all of us in each and every way. May God richly bless all of you for blessing us as we endeavor to do what God has called us to do, that is be a blessing to a blessed people like you. So once again, thank you for being a blessing. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.